and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. We're, we're, we're just recapping from last week. It says, ask and it shall be given to you. Now the emphasis on that word shall. Ask and it shall. Most definitely, assuredly be given to you. Okay, we don't think like that when it comes to prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. Prayer is relationship with God. But so often, we kind of come and, and when we're asking or when we're talking to God, we're very passive, very weak. In, in our conversation with God. Why? Because we don't expect to receive. And yet, and I know when I'm saying ask and receive, all of us are thinking about something else. Some are being very carnal and some aren't and whatever. I'm not even talking about that right now. We might get there just now. But the, the, the truth of this verse is ask and it shall most assuredly be given to you. Seek and you, it, you shall most assuredly find. Knock and it shall most assuredly be opened unto you. For everyone, not just some, but everyone that asks receives. And he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it shall be opened. So this is saying most definitely, most assuredly. Okay? There's a, 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 there's a positivity about this that needs to be reflected in our prayer life when we talk to God. Okay? <clears throat> James chapter 1, we looked at this last week, verse 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God... Who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given unto him. Now that first part is, is basically saying, you could, you could word it like this. Okay? Let him ask of God. It's like, ask of the giving God. Ask of the giving God. He gives to all liberally. He's a generous God. So it's saying, ask the generous giving God. The emphasis isn't on you. The emphasis is on how good God is and how generous he is. So ask the, 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 the good, generous, giving God, and it says, and without reproach. It's talking about how God evaluates you when you come. That's what that part is saying. When you come to God, He's not the fault-finding God. When you talk to God, when you ask Him, He's not looking for, why should I not answer your prayer? <laughs> That's what this is trying to show us. He's not, he's not like kind of got a scale there and going, okay, you want this? Let's see if you, you, you weigh up uh, uh, to measure to be able to receive. And a lot of us, have, we have to weed out our understanding and our mind with regards to um, how we approach God. Because a lot of us come to God and we're like um, trying to convince God why He should answer our prayer. Anybody do that ever? Okay, some of us. We're trying to convince God. God, I'm such a nice person. Or we're praying for someone else. Let's be more spiritual. Father, I'm praying for Jamie. She's such a nice person. You know, God, like, she's awesome. Why? Like, can you just bless her with this or bless her with that? Or, you know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like we're trying to justify or convince God why you should answer our prayer, even if it's for someone else and not for ourselves. And yet this verse is showing us, ask and you shall receive. Ask the generous God who gives without finding fault. Okay? And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. So there's the big issue here that we're going to be talking more about tonight. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. 
For he who doubts, so let me ask, what is the requirement for, for coming or for praying? It's faith. Thank you. It's faith. Okay, now I'm going to answer in a moment faith for what? Faith in what? Okay, but faith. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let no man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, someone who's not in faith, someone who's doubting, someone who's uh, 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 like that, shouldn't expect to receive anything because they're double-minded or unstable. So the key is faith. Faith in what? If you look at the, the, the verse just before that, it's showing us that our faith isn't in our prayer. Our faith isn't in the technicalities of how we pray. Our, prayer, our faith isn't in, I've, I've asked so it's done. Now there's a part of that, but our faith is more in God's nature. We, we need to be trusting in the generous God who gives without finding fault. And this is why a lot of people don't receive. is because they're praying and then they're like, God, God's blessed me, but I don't know if He'll bless me again. I, you know, I, God, God has done this in my life. I don't know if He'll do it again. You know? so, so they're double-minded about the nature of God. And then they're unstable in all their ways. It's not about, uh, um, I wonder if I'm going to get healed or not. Okay, there, there's maybe an issue in there, but there's a deeper issue we need to focus on. And the deeper, more foundational issue isn't focusing on the manifestation of the answer to whatever you're trusting for. It's about the goodness of God. Are you grounded and firmly rooted in the goodness of God, knowing that He is the generous, giving God who doesn't find fault with you when you ask? You find fault with you when you ask. He doesn't. Okay? James um, 5.16, I'll touch on quickly. We spoke about last week. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. That you might be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And we went into detail with that. And I just thought I'd touch on it again. And say this is showing some, sometimes why we don't see results. This is showing us that why sometimes we don't see results when we pray. Sin is not preventing your healing. Sin is not preventing your healing. Nothing's preventing your healing. But what, what, what this is showing us is that sometimes the condemnation that we're receiving, I believe, is holding us back. Why? Because we're not trusting in the giving, generous God who gives without finding fault. When we're praying, sometimes we're finding fault as to, and we're thinking, this is why I don't deserve. And then we don't get it. This is why I should, my prayer shouldn't be answered. We're not thinking about why our prayer should be answered, and we'll look at that in a bit. But the point here is, is that sometimes that we don't see the results of what we're trusting for because we've got condemnation for something. And when we realize that, we disqualify ourselves. God's not sitting there going, Etienne's been a bad boy, so he's not getting this. But Etienne is sitting there going, I don't think I deserve this. And so God's like, uh, I'm wanting, I want you to experience this. But, but, but you know, you're, you're condemning yourself. You're finding yourself unfit for use. Okay? Because Jesus has dealt with sin, right? Don't sound too convinced. But Jesus has dealt with sin. But we need to make sure that we aren't allowing sin to deal with us. 
Jesus has dealt with sin, meaning you're forgiven. Okay? But are you letting sin deal with you? What I mean by that is when we sometimes don't deal with this, I'm forgiven, and that's not established in our hearts, we feel condemnation, we feel guilt, and we feel shame. And then we're allowing sin, as, for, as forgiven as we are, we're allowing sin to deal with us. And disqualify us and make us feel unfit for use. And then you get diddly squat. Then nothing happens. Except you going down a downward spiral of feeling condemned, guilt, shame, condemned, guilt, shame. And you just keep going down. And the answer for that is to rise up and declare what God has done for you in Christ. And to focus in on that. And that's really the key for faith, even though we're talking about faith as the key for prayer. So let's look at Mark 11. 12 to 14, talking about faith. Now the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. Okay, so Jesus was human. <laughs> okay, he took human form. He took the, the likeness of man and he was hungry. Like some of us now. Verse 13, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now there's many things we can dig out of this. And uh, I'm just wanting to look at this and, and show a few things that we can get from this on faith foundations because there's a lot of foundational things in here that we can take um, so we're not really digging into the heart of what this passage is showing us there's something else deeper in here but I just want to pull out what we see about faith okay Jesus spoke to the tree and it died he did uh, he said to the tree let no man eat fruit he uh, of thee hereafter forever now he didn't say it under his breath he didn't say it in his imagination. He didn't say it quietly. He said it in such a way where his disciples heard it. It was loud. It wasn't shouting necessarily, but he said it in such a way that they heard. Can we all agree? Okay. So now this is one of the things that we're seeing here is how to direct the power. Now we've all got the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, You've received the Spirit of God. He's now dwelling in you. You've got the power of God living in you. And now you've got authority to direct that power. And the problem is a lot of us aren't directing that power. We're just sitting with that power and not allowing it to do what it wants to do in us and through us. And so our words direct the power. Okay, so now we've got the power. And Jesus is showing us how to direct the power. He spoke. We direct the power of God that's in us through our speaking. And so we've got to, there's, there's a whole bunch of things that we can dig into here, but we've got to make sure we're speaking when we need power. A lot of people are kind of not speaking, they're kind of thinking, or they're just kind of hoping, or they're wishing, or you know, whatever, but we're not speaking. Even talking to God about what you need, in a sense of if it's with regard to healing, isn't necessarily good enough. God, I really wish this pain would go away. You see here in a moment, Jesus spoke to a fig tree and the fig tree died. What did he do? He said, God, may this fig tree die. No, he said, fig tree die. <laughs> and the fig tree died. So I'm just showing you, we need to be purposeful in speaking and what we speak. Okay? And um, 
Verse 20 to 22. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said unto him, Rabbi, teacher, look, the fig tree which you've cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. There's a lot that we're going to have to dig out here. So Jesus spoke words to the fig tree, and the next day the, they saw that this had taken effect. They saw that what he said had come to pass. Did they see it immediately? No. no. Did they see it the next day? Yes. yes. So Jesus didn't fail in what he spoke out, but what he spoke out was only seen the next day. I'm trying to encourage you. <laughs> Because sometimes when we speak, we don't see things happen straight away, but we've got to believe that something is happening. Okay? We've got to believe that something is happening. <clears throat> he didn't talk to his disciples about the tree in between. Do you notice that? He didn't talk to them. He didn't complain to God about the tree. He did not tell God to kill the tree. He spoke to the tree. Okay? The next day when the disciples saw that the tree had died, they were amazed. They expressed astonishment. Okay? They, 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 they asked him about it because they hadn't seen something like this before. And what Jesus says to them really talks a little bit about the operation of faith and what we need to learn from this. Okay? His first thing that he says is, have faith in God. Okay? The, 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 the better translation of that, what the, the Greek is bringing out there is have the faith of God or have the God-like faith. That's what it's communicating. It's not putting the emphasis on you to manufacture something. It's talking about something that you've been given as a believer. The faith of God. Okay, so it was the faith of God that caused the effect. And Jesus demonstrated to us how to experience 100% success when we, when we pray, when we minister, when we speak. Number one, have the God kind of faith. Okay? Have the God kind of faith. Yeah, Jesus knew how things worked, right? Okay? And so it, yeah, it's more... Uh, uh, yeah, God has set up a system... You could say, like I said last week, that, that, that works when we get involved with it, when we flow with it. All we need to do is understand a little bit or get in flow with it and then start to speak. And then we can see the same results that Jesus saw. God didn't just make things happen or Jesus didn't just make things happen because he was God. Okay. He didn't just do this because he was God. Yeah? He did it as man. Using authority of, of, of God just like we can. That's why we know we can do the same works as Jesus and greater works. Because he was operating as a man on earth with the power and authority of God. We are men and women on earth who can also operate in this world in the power and authority of God. Just like Jesus. So that, you know, so many times we kind of look at stories like this, accounts in the Bible, and we're like, it happened because Jesus was God. No. He was, in those moments, 100% man operating in the authority and power of the Spirit, just like we can. 100% men who have the authority to speak and direct the power of God that lives in us into situations. So, 
It's really important that we see that. So let's, let's, let's dig in a bit further here. Mark 11, 23 to 24. He says, For assuredly I say to you, Whosoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever uh, things you ask, when you pray, believe that you've received them and you'll have them. Yeah, there's a lot of emphasis on say. There's a lot of emphasis on speak. This is showing us our words have life and death, have power in them. Now it doesn't mean if you say, oh, I just feel like I'm dying, that you're going to die right now. Okay? There's got to be, we'll talk about that, there's got to be some faith in there. But the point is, is what we need to realize is when we do pray, when we do minister, we need to be speaking the right thing in the terms of speaking what we want to see. Okay? Jesus didn't really say anything about God other than have the, the, God, have the faith of God. And then he says, talk. He says, have the faith of God. And then he says, speak. What are you speaking about? What are you saying? You have the faith of God. So now what are you saying? What are you speaking? This is what we've got to see. This is what we've got to think about. What are we talking? What are we saying? And then he says, whatsoever. Where's that verse there? He says, whosoever. Who, whoever says to this mountain. Whoever says to this mountain. Whoever refers to anybody. It's not talking about a specific group of people or clergy or something like that. It's for anybody. Okay? So the disciples were amazed at what they had seen happen in the fig tree. We would have been amazed if we were there and we saw what Jesus had done with the fig tree. Okay? But Jesus was simply saying to them, The case of the fig tree is a small matter. The faith of God coming out of your mouth can relocate a mountain. Can deal with a bigger problem. Now, you know, Jesus is saying we need to be engaging in the faith of God. Now, we all have maybe different understandings of faith, and the best way I can explain this to you is see faith as something tangible. See something, uh, faith as something um, like this. <laughs> See, I've still got some. some, some see it as this. Okay, it's a horse. It's a, a sweet, a lozenger. Now, don't see it as something mystical. See, see faith as something like this for now. Okay? Do any of you have this? No. no, I've got this. Okay? But now, when you believe, then you receive this. Okay? Okay? Yeah, I've still got some. So now Etienne has it. So now he can use the horse. Okay, but the point is, is like now, now the rest of us don't have. Okay, I've got a few more in my pocket, but I'm not going to dish them out now. The point is, is that we've got faith when we receive Christ, and now we've got to use that. But it's not our faith, it's the gift that He's given us to use. Okay, if I, um, one bank's name, tell me a bank's name. Absa, okay. Uh, 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 so, would, I rather, would you rather have wealth in Absa Bank or wealth of Absa Bank? Of. Why? <laughs> because it's probably more than all of us put together. So the point is, is that 
we've got the faith of the Son of God, the Bible says. Not faith in the Son of God only. Faith in brought you to salvation. And when you received salvation, faith of came. And now you've got the riches of the inheritance in you, which enables you to operate like Jesus would operate. To deal with things the way Jesus would deal with them. And to get the results that He would get them. So you don't just have your little bit of faith in Jesus. You have His faith that He's put inside of you. Okay, so Jesus is saying we must engage in the faith of God when we want results that we need. Okay, when we're using the faith of God and do not doubt the ability of that faith of God anything's possible that's what we need to see when we when we when we speaking like it's just for me it was just a slight mind shift realizing that i must i'm not doubting what i'm saying i mustn't doubt uh, how do i explain this I must put my faith not in just what I'm saying, but my faith is now the faith of God. It's in God. And when I've got the faith of God, and I'm not doubting that faith's ability, then anything's possible. So my emphasis isn't in on, I must believe that what I've asked for, my faith is in what I'm, uh, 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 I'm not doubting the ability that I have. All of us have experienced what I'm about to say. We go home. At some point in the last couple of years, you've experienced this in South Africa. You get home and you go to make yourself a cup of tea or coffee and you're like, what's wrong? With oh, there's no power. We've all come to doubt ESCOM's ability. It's fact. We've come to doubt ESCOM's ability. So we don't like, we're like, I desire a cup of coffee. And we get home and we're like, I wonder if I'm going to have a cup. I I've done this. I'm on my way home and I'm like, if I stop on the way and I get a takeaway coffee, I'm guaranteed one because I have more faith in the Woolies coffee shop close to my house than I do in my coffee shop in the house with ESCOM. You know, so, so I, I would rather, I mean, I can make it on the gas stove, but maybe it's just laziness. I would rather just go there and I'm like, I can get what I want, or I can maybe get what I want. Can you see what I'm talking about? about we mustn't doubt the ability of God in us, because now the, the miracle working power of God is in us, and we tend to doubt His ability in us. We mustn't put our focus on the results, put your focus on the power. Because the power determines the results. Okay? Look at this verse, 11.24. Now, what, let me just say this. What's required of us is that we speak. Okay? What are, what are we saying? Therefore I say to you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So what are we supposed to believe? You're supposed to believe that you've received when you pray because your faith is in the faith of God. Your faith is in the ability of God. Okay? That's the part I missed for many years. That's the part that, that's so key. 
is it's not in my ability to pray. It's in the ability of God that I'm praying and I'm believing it's done. So he tells us exactly when to believe that we've received. When is that? When you pray. When you pray. It's not after you pray that, and, and you wait to see something happen. It's when we pray. So what we need to do is move into this place of I'm praying, I'm trusting God. And maybe you don't see the results. That's not a problem. Remember the fig tree. It took at least 12 hours or so. So what you do is you're like, thank you, Father. Your power is at work. If, you, if, you, if you're starting to doubt and you're wondering, I wonder if God's power is working in me, then rather, rather you're not saying, I've got it, when you, you don't see it, but what you're saying is, thank you, Father, your power is at work. Thank you, Father, that I can trust you. Your ability never fails. And so you're putting your faith onto Him, putting your faith onto what He's doing or what He could do. When we believe that we receive at the time of prayer, the words will reflect that. And so then we, 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 we need to adjust our attitudes maybe and our thinking and just sharpen up a bit because, I mean, it, this was really... I was amazed at this. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. I bumped into someone. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. They, and they, 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 Martin and I bumped into them and they said, um, we said, hello, how are you? And it's like, oh, I'm so, so sick. And I was laughing when we walked away. I felt sorry for them because I was like, um, they, they, they would be, they, they, this individual teaches that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and they went and did it. And I was like, it's probably then not really deep in their heart then. Now, I, you know, if you're sick and I ask you, what can I pray for you for? Tell me that you're sick. Tell me that you're feeling pain or whatever. But then we pray together and then don't walk off and go, oh, I'm healed. No, I would say what you need to do is say the power of God is working in me. And so that when Etienne or someone comes and says, how are you feeling? Knowing what happened, they can, then you can go, not, you know, I believe I'm well. But rather say, I, yeah, things are still happening, but I'm still trusting God. So it's a case of how are you explaining it? Are you explaining it in faith or are you explaining it in Fantasy, or are you explaining it in foolishness? We need to make sure we, 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 we're looking at things right, and then the way we speak should uh, reflect what we believe. So, your Mark's account here in, in, in Matthew, I mean in Mark 11, it says, have the faith of God, or the faith that God gives. You know what's really encouraging? He's not telling you to go and get faith. That's the problem that many people struggle with. They think that God's telling them to go and find faith. You know what he's pointing out? He's pointing out what the faith of God in you can do. You know, the word have there is talking about possession. What do you have? You have the faith of God, the ability of God. Therefore, you can say to the mountain and it will move. Okay? So... Yeah, Jesus is, 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 is encouraging us in this passage. And what is he saying? He's, he's, he says, say whatever you say three times to emphasize what we speak is vital. You know, there's a language of faith. That's what I'm getting at with the story of the, 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 the minister we bumped into. It's, it's, there's a language of faith. And there's no condemnation for us when we do 
feel bad and we do speak negative and whatever. But as people of faith, we should speak faith. Speak life. Be free to say, I'm not feeling so well. But then as we minister, we receive it. And now we grow and we start to express our faith so we can see results. In the original Greek here, where the Bible says the, you know, the word say has three different applications. Number one, he says, For whosoever shall say to this mountain. Okay, then he says, the, uh, uh, And shall believe that those things which he says. Then the third one, He shall have whatsoever he says. Yeah, the first use of the word is talking about a command. So when we're talking about what are we saying, we're talking about speaking with authority towards something. That's prayer. Speaking with authority towards something, to inner direction. Okay, Jesus is talking about the believer's authority. And we'll get on to the other says there. But you know what we need to see here is that when he uses the word believe, you'll have whatsoever ye believe. That word believe, this, this, this encouraged me. It's passive. It's, it's because it's talking about the person who has the faith of God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to encourage you when you see this now. It's, it's talking about your nature. You believe the gospel, now you're a believer. Okay? So, nowhere... In the New Testament, in the, in the epistles, is the believer told to believe? Selah. <laughs> Think about it. So often, we, we, we'll sing songs like, give me more faith, or we don't sing a church. But, you know, you, you kind of... Think about things or you're like, I need more faith or something like that. No, you don't. You've got the faith that you need. Now we want to use that, the ability of God. But we kind of feel like if I want to see something significant, I've got to get more faith. No, that's what this is saying. It's passive because it's showing you that you're a called a believer for a reason. Okay, it's because believers believe. Isn't that amazing? So it's not like you, you, oh, you're not getting because you're not believing. You might be doubting the goodness of God, but you still believe. You've got the, the same capacity, the capacity that you need to believe, you've got that. The power, the, if faith is a tangible like petrol, you've got what you need to see what you need to see. It's now just a case of believing that. You're a believer because you're a believer. You believe because you're a believer. Okay? So, Jesus' emphasis here is on speaking, not getting more faith. It's on speaking, not getting more faith. We put the faith of God to work. That's what He's showing us here. How to put the faith or the ability of God to work. How do we put it to work? Speak. Command. Direct. Okay? The second use of that word, say, is talking about an affirmation in Mark eleven twenty three. It's an affirmation. It's talking about consistency. It's talking about consistency. Okay? It's translated from a word which describes consistent. It's talking about a consistent way of talking. 
Okay, so do you really believe what you're saying, what you're praying, or don't you? Is there a consistency that reflects that in the way that you live, in the way that you, you speak? And the third use of the word say is describing something that exists. Okay, whosoever shall speak with authority and shall not doubt in uh, shall not doubt but shall believe that those things which he affirms shall come to pass he shall have what he systematically builds so now this is talking about how we 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 creating through what we say okay it's not just a once and for all speaking it's a continual speaking so what I'm, what I'm showing you with all of that is the first time you speak something, you, you're praying over someone and you're like, I declare healing in this person in the name of Jesus or whatever, you, however you're praying it. Don't be discouraged if you don't see results because one of the words there is, being, is talking about you being creative. And so keep speaking because that power is at work. And the more you're speaking, the more you can see that power at work. Because so often we're like, you pray twice, it's unbelief. No, no, no. If you don't pray twice, sometimes you'll die. It's true. We kind of fear that if I ask God twice, that's unbelief, so I mustn't. No, 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 no. Sometimes we need to keep speaking into the situation and releasing life. And releasing uh, 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 whatever we're needing to be releasing into that situation. So have the, 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 uh, uh, the emphasis on the faith of God, that you've got the ability of God, and putting that faith to work. By being con consistent. consistent. Believing is passive. Okay? The speaking is active. We put a lot of emphasis on the faith part, but we don't put enough, maybe enough emphasis then on the speaking part. But you do speak what you believe. So faith works in the heart and in your mouth. So if you're saying, it's in my heart, deep, deep down in my heart, but we're not seeing any fruit, then, then, then well, you're not hearing the faith. There's a language which we should start to hear coming from you. Okay? Because Jesus there says, and shall not doubt in your heart. You know what he's saying there? He's, he's saying that you shall believe in your heart. Doubt will shift you, take you from the, the area of receiving. Because now you're doubting your ability to receive. You're doubting the goodness of God to give. You're doubting maybe that God wants to do something or can do something. So now you're shifting yourself out of receiving. Your doubt doesn't prevent God in, from working in your life. It prevents you from receiving what God wants to do in your life. Does that make sense? Your doubt doesn't stop God. Your doubt stops you. Your doubt doesn't stop God from blessing you. It stops you from experiencing His blessing. Because you, the receiver, He's the giver. He can't make you receive. So, so important for us to, to see that. You know, Jesus, Mark 9, 23-24, said unto them, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help mine unbelief. So Jesus does interfere with people's unbelief to get them over a situation. 
Okay? He did that in this case. This man was trying to put responsibility on Jesus to believe for, for him. Okay? Jesus said to him that all it took for his child to be delivered was believe. So we can't put the responsibility on Jesus, but he's waiting for us just to believe. There's so much in here, you know. Doubts and unbelief hinder our faith, most certainly. That's why Jesus says, don't doubt in your heart, but believe that whatsoever you, uh, what you say shall come to pass in your habit. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 10. What saith it? The word is near or nigh thee, near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So here's a, a, a very important thing for all of us to at least walk away with. Our destiny is in our mouth. Our destiny is in our heart. Okay? That's where faith is. Faith isn't just in deep in your heart. And faith just isn't what you speak. There's a connection between the two. Faith is heart belief and mouth confession. What the heart believes the mouth should speak. Now, I'm sure we all say maybe some things that we don't believe. Amen? <laughs> but, we need to adjust that. Because we never see that with Jesus. We never see that with Jesus. We need to adjust and speak. Well, we take the word, we put it in our hearts, and then we, we, when we, we choose to believe it, but we speak out what the word says. We speak out, and, and even sometimes if we don't believe that, we, we need to convince ourselves, but we need to just accept it, and then have that flow of saying what we should say, not what we shouldn't say. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know? No one can be saved without his heart and his mouth coming together. Yeah, you can't get saved because you were sprinkled as a child, or even if you're baptized as an adult, or you know, because you went to church and they confirmed you. you. Those things you might do as an expression, if you can do them as an expression, but it's, you know, because a baby can't express. But the point is, it's like, we need to be believing first and foremost in our hearts and then express that faith in, in and that's what this verse is showing us. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that our, in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. There's no other way to be saved. But look at that last part. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So I, I like this. We're, we are righteous because Jesus was raised from the dead. We are justified because of what he's done for us. Okay, so what we've got to believe in our hearts is that He makes us right. That's the foundation for faith. That's where faith rises from. He did it, not me. I believe in Him. It's the same thing with, with trusting God for anything else. We, 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 we like, we're not trying to justify ourselves and, and convince God of ourselves and, 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 and make Him think good about us. He thinks good about us because of Jesus, so we need to just be convinced of what Jesus has done for us. Okay? Yeah, you don't get saved by confessing your sins. 
You, we get saved by confessing Jesus as Lord. Our salvation has nothing to do with uh, confession of sins. It's, it's got to do with confession of faith. So with the heart, man believes. You don't believe with your head. You believe with your heart. So because you believe with your heart, you must be careful what enters your heart. Because you believe with your heart, we need to guard our heart with diligence to make sure we're not allowing weeds and junk just to get in, which would destroy our faith. Now I'm sure all of us can think of ways that we fill our hearts with things we shouldn't fill them with. Even if it's just social media and everyone else's opinions of things. We need to make sure that we're filling our hearts with what God says so that that's what we're starting to speak. That's what we're starting to believe for. Because if, if we're more familiar with what people say than with what God says, then we start to believe what people believe. If we, if we are filled with more of what the world is expecting than, we, than with what God expects, we'll be expecting what the world expecting in all its areas. So we need to guard our hearts from outside influences because our heart is where faith rises. Our heart is where faith is. Amen? And we don't want our faith to be operating in the negative. So the content of our heart engages the mouth to speak. And Jesus put a huge emphasis on speaking in prayer. Speaking with authority. So it's difficult to speak when we aren't in faith. In a, we believe. Yes, 100%. But what are you activating in? Are you activating in the Word of God or in what other people are assuming? Look at this. Matthew chapter 12. 34, 35, and 37. It says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his uh, brings forth evil things. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So every man speaks from the deposit of his heart. Anything you put in your heart has the capacity to reproduce itself. So you've got to make sure that you're, you're, you're guarding what you allow in your heart because your heart, you could say, is a breeding room for whatever you allow in. Okay, the heart is the soil where, we where whatever we plant is going to take over. So we need to plant truth. We plant Seeds of faith, meaning the Word of God. You know, Jesus puts it pretty much plainly there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's no word spoken that's not generated from your heart. <laughs> it's quite a challenging thought. Your words justify you or your words condemn you, He says there. So when we pray... We spoke about this last week. We need to be focused in on receiving from God. We need to be focused in on receiving. Not, is God giving? He's the giving God, but we focus in on receiving. Because what did James say? He said, let no man think that he receives anything from God. He didn't say, let no man think that God will give him anything. 
He said, let no man think that he'll receive anything. Okay, so, moving on from there. When we pray, we're executing the will of God. When we pray, we're executing the will of God. I've explained, we've all got authority uh, uh, on this earth, and prayer is exercising or using that authority. And all of us will have a situation where we need to do that. Whether it's a tragedy, whether it's a, a, a health thing, whether it's a, a, a even demonic attack, whatever. Like we need to be exercising the authority that we've been given to release the power that we've received. Okay, but here's the thing. Well, authority that we have is over things. The authority that we have is over demonic forces and demons. It's not over people. It's a good thing to consider. We don't try and exercise authority in prayer over people. God, I, I just want to pray for, for Taste that, that he would... Um, I'm trying to think of something now. How would, you know, something manipulative. Okay, now I've got to... You know, like, let, let's say Taste. I'm going to use him as an example because I'm married, so I can't use this example. Now, he's a hand-picked someone in the crowd, a woman. And he's like, I declare that Sally is my wife. I declare Sally is my wife. I declare, you know what, Sally's got to decide if she wants to be Tase's wife or not. So that would be manipulation or what the Bible calls the sin of witchcraft. You can't do that. that you don't have authority over people's will. You know? So that's one of... You, you, we, we, we've seen that, you know? Someone doesn't want to be your friend. You can't pray them to be your friend. Someone doesn't want to be your spouse. You can't pray them to be your spouse. Someone doesn't want to see you. You can't pray for them to see you. you know, their heart has to change and they've got to desire it. You can't pray forcibly over someone that they receive salvation. They've got to want to receive salvation. There's no prayer gun that you hold to someone's head and you just manipulate them into the kingdom. You know, they've got to receive Okay, so we don't have any authority over our fellow man. We need to pray with the consciousness of our righteousness in executing the will of God. What I mean by that is we are right with God. And so when we're standing before God in prayer, we're not trying to convince Him. This is what I've, I've spoken about already and touched on. We're not trying to convince God how right we are. We actually need to convince ourselves before we pray how right we are because of Jesus. Grace, undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. Because of our relationship with God, we should have a boldness when we speak to Him. And when we're not bold in prayer, it reflects actually the, 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 the level of quality of our relationship with Him. If we're not bold in prayer, it shows where our relationship with God is. And you might be saying, no, it doesn't. It just reflects maybe that I didn't know I could be bold. No, 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 no. If you didn't know you could be bold, it shows that your relationship with God wasn't so good. I mean, I've asked a lot of Christians this before. Like, how is your relationship with God? And it's good. They answer, oh, it's good. Everyone can, can, will admit it could be better. But they don't know how better it could be. And so you judge yourself according to yourself. <laughs> And so when I'm saying to you that if you're not praying boldly, your relationship with God isn't that good, believe me, it's not good. <laughs> because your relationship with God should be like Jesus. You should be able to pray like Jesus prayed. Okay? 
You know, legalism has no place in our relationship with God. And a lot of us, when we pray, we're praying on, on a legalistic basis. Now, Jesus took away any standing of that. So we shouldn't come to God and be legalistic in our prayer of, I did this, so He'll do that. I fasted for 21 days, so now He's going to do this. Or, I prayed like this, I even prayed in the name of Jesus, so He has to do that. Or, Jesus, I've been living a good life, so I deserve you being legalistic with God. I think that's not going to work. We've got to come and go like, I am justified by faith in your grace and what you've done for me. I stand right before you, Father, so I know that when I pray, I receive. Okay? Look at this. Uh, 1 John 5, verse 13 to 15. So two slides down. I've written this letter to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you will be assured and know without a doubt that you have eternal life. Since we have this confidence, we can also have great boldness before Him. For if we ask anything agreeable to His will, He will hear us. And we will know, and if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained the requests we ask of Him. So we have this confidence that whatever we ask of Him, according to His will, He hears us. Amen? Okay. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, we know what His will is because it's revealed in the New Testament. It's revealed in Christ. We've spoken about this. His will is revealed to us in Jesus. So we know what His will is. God's not hiding. We know His will. We know His word. So, if we're praying in accordance with His word and with His will, we know it's done. We know it's going to happen. We, 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 we're assured of that. We can have confidence that He hears us and therefore He grants our requests. We, as believers, should never be guessing in prayer. We should never be guessing in prayer. We should never be guessing in our relationship with God. We need to have a confidence. Beyond and above everything, we need to build our lives, obviously on a revelation of His love for us in Christ, because that's also going to be a... a, 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 a a receiving ground for us because faith works by love so we stand in justified before him we can come with boldness therefore and then our prayers should be working we should be seeing results but you know what the first thing is which is interesting is you've got to be praying then to get in order to have results there's got to be prayer and a lot of the time we're not engaging in prayer and that's how we started off this series, is by saying that the modern church focuses more on worship than they do on prayer. And yet prayer is mentioned more in the New Testament than singing. And so there's something missing. And if we're wanting to see more results like the book of Acts, then we should be understanding more about prayer so we can pray more. But the problem is, is there's a lack of understanding, so that's why we're not praying as much as we do. We should, because if we did understand the power and authority we have in prayer, we'd be doing it more. We'd be doing it more. So what can you pray for? What, can you, what should you pray for? Your relationship with God. Talk to Him. Whatever you want to talk about, talk about it. Amen? But remember, we're going to talk about this more next week, about the Spirit and the Holy Spirit's involvement in all of this. It's important for us to realize that it's not just talking to God, it's God talking to us. 
And so that's why at the end of these messages, we also give time for God speak to us. Because it's no good you going, God, give me wisdom. God, I need wisdom for this week. I need wisdom. There's such big decisions I need to make. God, give me wisdom. And you're just talking, 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 but you're not actually waiting for wisdom. You're not allowing Him to speak to you. God, I need to make this decision. I don't know what God wants me to do. But I keep asking Him to give me the answer for this decision. And yet, in your prayer time, you're not giving Him a chance to speak. And you know what usually happens in those moments is if you come to church or if you go to church or if you have a friend who's a believer and hears from God, they'll give you a word from God. I find that when I'm not listening to God, I usually get a word from someone. <laughs> Doesn't mean every word from God from some, through someone is, is a, 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 because you're not listening. But often I find that that's to be true. Especially if it's not confirmation. <laughs> but that's what we want to do now just give an opportunity for, for God just to minister to us minister through us and so Father I thank you right now that you that we can pray boldly and we can we can speak in authority into situations and into things and as we're learning these things Father I thank you that we'll engage in them more that we'll speak with authority to mountains more that we'll speak to these problems that come up in our lives more that we'll release power and life to manifest in our bodies more. And that we will rise up and see results like never before, Father. I thank you that we have already seen so many good things. And we, I just thank you for increase in revelation in our hearts of our rightness with you. So that we would engage more in bold prayer, Father. To see the results that we can see. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just see, see, see someone like, you, you got this mindset, which is exactly what I've been ministering into this whole time, but you got this mindset of, but I don't deserve it. And you feel like you're standing outside of the blessing. And so you're like, I can't pray with boldness because I really, I don't deserve it. You don't know what I've done, Shane. You don't know how I've lived and what I've done. And, and I just feel like God's saying, you're disqualifying yourself. He's not disqualifying you. The only thing that would disqualify you from the blessing of God is you're not a believer. But you can fix that easy by becoming a believer. And then you're never disqualified again. But you're qualified to receive the blessing, but you've got to step through that. You've got to believe. And that initial believing brings it in its fullness. His goodness in its fullness. You're justified, made right with God by faith, not by what you do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to encourage you just as we, we're just praying and just enjoying the presence of God for the next couple of minutes like this. You know, if you put something on your heart, you're welcome to come up and share it. But I want to encourage you just to engage with Him. Allow Him to speak to you right now. Thank you, Father.
John Marbury, we're going to pray for your wrists. If you can just stand up where you are. I also had a picture of someone, you've got pain in your fingers. Anyone got pain in your fingers? Pain in your fingers. Stand up. Sumi, I wanted to call you Jerusalem. If you're standing next to, or sitting next to them, just put your hand on them. And let's just pray for these uh, situations. Father, I just thank you right now for your healing power manifesting in Sumi and in John Mark. I command pain to go. Whatever damage is in their wrists and, and uh, fingers, we just speak life to, to restore now and bring recovery and wholeness in the name of Jesus. Life flow now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we command right now a restoration. Whatever has been damaged, we, we, we speak a reversal of that damage. Be restored now in Jesus' name. And whatever other conditions are in either of these, we just take authority over that infirmity and we cast it out now. We say, go in the name of Jesus and be healed now. Strength enter your body in the name of Jesus. Behold. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You may be seated. Thank you, Father. Let's just stand up together if you can stand. As we just uh, give an opportunity. Hannah, for you, I just felt, I just saw a picture of you sitting and you're, you're at an easel and you're busy painting and it's bringing you delight but you're kind of a little bit frustrated at painting because uh, maybe you don't feel like you're as good as you should be and you're kind of making a mistake here and there and uh, you kind of want to stop because you're kind of feeling like this isn't you don't feel like you're better than other people or whatever and I feel like God's just encouraging you that you should never compare yourself to other people I feel like I'm saying that he's put something special inside of you. There's a creativity in you that you can only express like you. And if you compare yourself to other people, it's going to prevent you from um, expressing what he's put in you. It's going to prevent you from walking in your destiny. And so, Father, right now, I just thank you that, that Hannah would just um, look at you. And express that creativity that's within her just in, in, a, a, in the way that you've called her to express it. To be who you've called her to be without comparing herself to others and without allowing other people to, to direct her or dominate over her. I thank you that she would, no matter what the external circumstances are, be free to be who you've called her to be. And I just declare over you right now, freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, right now for freedom over her. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for restoration in her, her heart. I just feel like God is restoring to you right now something that's been broken. Something that you maybe haven't even spoken to people about, but there's just something, a part of you that 
feels broken and God is just saying, I'm restoring you. I'm working in your heart. I'm restoring you. I'm dealing with that. Don't focus on it. Focus on me. But as you kind of keep moving forward, I'm restoring. I'm freeing. I'm uh, delivering you from those, that, that, that thinking, from that, that, that receiving those uh, influences. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I also just feel like uh, there's, a, there's a number from us here this evening where you, you, you're trying to find something in a person or in people that God intended for you to find in only Him. And so uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5 um, talks about uh, be content with such things as you have. And then it quotes uh, the, 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 the scripture for us that I've uh, promised that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so, hey Father, that we get to hold on to you and we get to seek and find fulfillment in you and you alone. And from there we get to enjoy healthy relationships in their, in their proper place. I thank you, Father, that you're inviting and drawing those individuals in who are feeling discontent or dissatisfied or just frustrated with life because they have placed such a high value on people or put people in those relationships in the improper place ahead of you and ahead of finding contentment in you, knowing you intimately and personally as our Heavenly Father. Father, for those individuals that they can just choose right now to just shift their focus and just come to you, draw from you, allow you to fill their cups, overflowing. And from there they can start enjoying healthy relationships again. In Jesus' name. Lucille, I just have this picture for you of a fishbowl. And it's like in the fishbowl there's like dirty water. And I feel like a, 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 it's, it's like you, you're kind of feeling like there's displeasure in this fishbowl. And as I was kind of seeing this, I was, I was kind of like, God, what are you saying? And I just felt him wanting to say to you, like, stop focusing on the things that are wrong. Stop focusing on the imperfections or things even within yourself. Because I, I felt like God was just saying, like, he delights in you and he wants to. You, you to know him more so he's like he's calling you at the moment in this season just to to receive more from him it's not he's one he doesn't want something from you he's not wanting you to do anything he's wanting to show you more love so father i thank you that you would just reveal more of your love i know that you are but that she would just be overwhelmed by your goodness at this time knowing that you are not uh, 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 focusing on her imperfections Every single person has imperfections in this room. All of us. But, but the good news is God's not focusing on those imperfections. And when we do, we dampen our faith. When we do, we're weakening our faith. We're, we're not able to operate in the way that we should. You can't enjoy God like you can when you're focused on your imperfections. Focused in on His goodness. Thank you, Father. If anyone else has got something, you're welcome to come forward. Tays, I just took a picture of you building a wall. And I just felt like, like you're building this wall. This is something that God's called you to do. You're busy building this wall.
and uh, it's like right at the bottom. It's like you haven't even really started yet. The foundation has been laid, yes, but like you're building this wall. And I just had a, a picture of you stopping. And uh, you're kind of just sitting back and kind of distracted with a couple of things. And you're kind of now thinking about that and thinking about this. But you know, whilst you're stopping, this, the concrete's going hard. And, and it's kind of like everything's kind of uh, uh, being set in motion against building this wall because you're kind of distracted. And I find God just saying, you know, don't get distracted. He's called you to something. He's called you to something bigger than the distractions that you face. And so rise up out of those distractions and move forward. That's where fruitfulness lies. That's where joy lies. That's where true satisfaction is. Nothing else will satisfy you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I know uh, Herbert has to go, so he's gone. But I want us to pray for him. And uh, I'll send him uh, the, the words that if we get any words for him. But if you get a word for him, please just give, give it to me. But this might be his last Sunday uh, and that he has to, 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 to travel. So let's just, uh, just pray with me for Herbert. Him and his wife have been a great blessing to us as a church and part of us, uh, I think, since January. And uh, that season's coming to an end as they have to move. But Father, we just pray for them right now, for Herbert and for Ebony. We just speak your blessing over them. We thank you, Father, that you are directing their steps. I thank you, Father, that you knew that they would have to leave visa-wise and all of that. And, and that you're preparing them for great things as they go to... Um, uh, what's the country's name? Nigeria. I thank you, Father, that... Um, that there are people there that you are preparing for them and that they are going to receive them and bless them and stand with them and be family for them. I thank you, Father, that there are people that are waiting for them to come so that they would minister life to them. And I thank you that they are going to be a, 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 an overwhelming wave of life in that nation, bringing a, a correction where correction is needed in terms of people's view of God and bringing life and healing and wholeness in the name of Jesus. We just speak your blessing over them. And we thank you, Father, for increase personally and together uh, in the ministry that they're in, that they would just see increase in influence, increase of favor among man in Nigeria, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As I said, if you have a word for them or you want to encourage them, just come and share it with me and we'll send it on to them. Anyone else got a word before we close? Scripture, something to encourage us with. Come. Got something you can just come stand here. Go for it. Isaiah 58, verse 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt behold the repairer of the breach, the restorer of power to hold.
verse, um, Thessalonians 1 verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know in the but would you come up <laughs> we thought uh, you had gone so we prayed for you before I forgot but we want to pray for you since you're here we'll just lay hands on you quickly then <laughs> so just uh, yeah, Father we just thank you that everything we have already prayed for Herbert and for Ebony we thank you that you heard it and wasn't praying to him to, to Herbert it was praying to you Father so he doesn't have to hear it but we just, we just speak your blessing over him right now Father Thank you that you've called him as a mouthpiece, not only to Nigeria, but to the nations and to Northern Africa. And I thank you that many will come to sit under him there that will go into other nations and reach further than he'll ever go. I thank you, Father, that the impact that this couple is going to have in North Africa is going to be huge. Thank you that they won't allow any restriction of government or otherwise to, to hold them back from doing your will there, Father. Thank you for your protection over them. Thank you for your wisdom. And thank you for supernatural favor, even in government and, uh, and otherwise. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, just for, for Herbert and Ebony, that they can just in this uh, next season and as they're getting ready to leave that they're just also just guarding their hearts father because there will sometimes just be obstacles and it's not a negative word but father that their, their hearts will be so prepared to take on and tackle any challenge that is coming their way in jesus name and that they'll soar above every challenge every obstacle that comes their way in jesus name because they're guarding their hearts and they're setting their gaze upon you jesus who's called them 
Thank you, Father. Amen. Awesome. Father, I thank you that we're going to have a great week because we've got a great God. No matter what comes our way, I thank you that we can be expectant of good. That even if we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death this week, though we don't want it, I thank you that we will have a good time because you are with us. We're going to experience peace and joy and we're going to have your Holy Spirit speaking to us, directing us. And I thank you that we have nothing to fear because you're with us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.